0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode number four of the Kokoro Movement Podcast. Today, we have Q the Coach, Quentin Pullen, on, and he is based out of Southern California. He's been in the fitness industry for the last 20 years, started his journey in the Marine Corps. He is Amino Neurofrequency Level 4, and he is Sports Freak Level 2 and is also a Sports Freak Instructor. So, go follow this guy on instagram at q underscore the underscore coach and check him out he has some really good stuff going on and we had a really fun conversation today so without further ado q the coach
1: hey how are you doing great man how about you oh
0: not bad not bad so uh thank you for coming on my podcast i really appreciate it
1: oh no worries man thanks for absolutely. having
0: me absolutely so let's uh let's get a background on you so give me a quick rundown of where you've been and how you got to where you are today oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like how you say quick rundown oh, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the quick person um I've been in the fitness industry for over 20-something odd years. Um, I got my start in fitness in the Marine Corps. Um, okay. You know, they say a Marine is going to end up either drinking a lot or working out a lot, right? And so right. I tried I tried the first one. I tried to drink a lot. That didn't work for me, so I started working out after that, right? So, um, you know, I started off, I was a real skinny kid. So I started off wanting to lift weights just to get a little bit more muscle. So I walk into the gym one day, I see these guys doing some power lifting, and, um, you know, they. I've been at the gym for about a week watching these guys like lift weights, just trying to see what I should be doing. And so one of the guys walked over to me and says, hey, hey, I've seen you in the gym, um, you know, for about a week. And he goes, so you want to come over and work out with us? And I'm like, yeah, because I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I, I played around with weights and stuff like that in, um, in high school and things like that, but never, never anything really serious, you know? Right. Um, so I got my start at powerlifting in the Marine Corps. And then, um, one weekend I'd gone down to Palm Springs for a, um, just thing out for the weekend, and I entered this uh, bench press competition, and there was one of the um, best amateur bodybuilders in the world. I was doing a guest appearance there, and um, I met him. We started, he started inviting me down to Palm Springs to train with him. Come to find out, the guy ends up being one of the three best bodybuilders in the world. His name's uh, Chris Cormier, so he got me from powerlifting into bodybuilding, you know, because I'm still working off that skinny kid mentality of wanting to get more muscle, so I was able to go from this any hundred and fifty six pound kid up to two hundred and fifty some odd pounds, a national national level competitor bodybuilder. Um so that was my that my uh start into fitness. Um probably in I'm gonna say two in nineteen ninety eight, um I entered college to finish my degree, I promised my parents I was gonna get my degree. And I started personal training just part time while I was in school, you know, to to support my family, to get me through school and things like that. Right. And I'm like man this is this is fascinating. I was more fascinated with the training stuff than the I was in school for electronics engineering, so right. you know i 'm sitting here going, man, this is a conflict of interest well I'm, I'm, I am like the electronic stuff, but that 's not my passion you know i I kind of found my passion with getting in the gym, you know starting to train people because i'd always had this interest you know in and being in the gym so that 's how I kind of got started and um you know it 's crazy you know I look at the evolution of me from powerlifting to where I am now, now I'm doing something completely different from from the, the powerlifting stuff. I'm actually out running obstacle course races and, um, you know, little 5Ks and things like that. Now doing more endurance sports where I used to do the power stuff. So it's, right. it's a full freaking 180 from where I used to be. But, you know, my philosophy is everything's connected. So all that kind of stuff that I did in the past kind of developed me into the person that I am now, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, so – on your website, you talk about everything fitness, so give us a little yeah. bit of background on that, because I think that's really awesome. So, Because um, you talk about you know everything, so you go out and train at the beach, you go out and train in the mountains. Uh, let's talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, my philosophy with athletics has completely changed now. I, I used to love being in the gym, slamming around weights and things like that. The heavier, the better for me. Um, but I got injured. I got injured at a young age. I was 24, I was 24 years old when I tore my pec tendon and I was doing a, um, a 495 incline bench press, right? So oh, I tore my pec tendon and I mean, it's, it put the fear of God in me because i would never been injured like that before, you know? So, For sure. you know, um, went through that injury. I was able to actually get back and come back into the bodybuilding better, but I've always had this, this outside of the box. Kind of training style. When I was bodybuilding, you don't see bodybuilders out running, um, you know, stadium stairs and things like that, or, no. or doing sprints like that for competition prep, but that's the kind of stuff that I was doing. So, right. you know, it was, it's was funny because I look back in hindsight and I think I sacrificed a lot of mass, muscle mass because I like running stairs and I like doing all the other cardio stuff, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I say everything in fitness because there's not one single thing in fitness that I won't touch, you know? And yeah. so when I say that, it's like, if, if I don't know something in fitness, you can bet your butt that I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna learn it, you know. And and I don't care if it's, if I have a client that comes to me and says, "Hey, do you do this?" I'm like, "Well, not yet, but hey, I'm gonna go learn that just for you, you know." So right. you know, it, it, it's you know, it, you're right. We we are we're hiking. We're we're you know doing biking. We're, we're training on the beach. We're we're training on the trails. We're training in the gym. I, it, we train wherever there's. An opportunity for a squad and training, you know, learn something in fitness, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I uh, agree with that completely. So I'm more in the gym now. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of had. So I started out in uh, martial arts training. So I oh, okay uh, was 270 pounds, not the good kind. I um, you know was really afraid of confrontation, and so. You know, that was a way for me to get fit while overcoming fear, right? So right, then right, I did right. – I started out in MMA, um, huh. did um, three years of that, thought I was ready for a cage fight, uh, jumped into a cage fight. Um, long story short on that, I was not ready for a cage fight, <laughs> um, <laughs> got ran over by this dude. But then, you know, started doing jiu-jitsu and then ultimately uh found CrossFit to supplement jiu-jitsu training. And right. then, um, you know, after a while, I was doing some kickboxing sparring and then got kicked in the knee and couldn't walk for like two or three days. And I was like, well, this is stupid. You know, I don't need to do that anymore. Uh, started yeah. getting more into the competitive CrossFit space. Um, and then, you know, after four or five years of, uh, competitive CrossFit, then I just started to realize that my body was really breaking down.
1: Right, and right.
0: I was not ha- I was losing a lot of that passion for it. Um, went well, to injuries will do that to you, right? Oh, man, they just, they <laughs> right the ship, I'll tell you that. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um,
0: so then I went to massage school and um, started learning a lot about um, the nervous system. And yes. then started looking at what, you know, CrossFit is. And it's high intensity all the time, which is a stress response. And so now I'm I'm doing uh, personal programming for a lot of my first responders, and, you know, like, paramedics don't need a stress response when they're done with their 72-hour shift, right? right? So then I tell them, you know, spend two hours outside with your dog, go for a rigorous hike today, you know what I mean? And then we'll get back in the gym and start working on that accessory stuff. So. Right. Yeah, I really, and then I, you know, watched your intro video, and I really, like, really liked how you had, you were running the class on the beach, having everybody do the bags up the stairs, you yeah. know, that's just really good stuff, a really, yeah, really good stuff. But it's all, a part of, it's
1: all a part of making you a better athlete, right? I mean, it's, right. there's nothing, you know, there, there was a study that came out, and I can't quote that study um, directly, but it talks about who are the fittest person, people in the world, you know, and it right. came out as being farmers and gardeners right and and you're like wait a minute (laughs) they don't even really train you know so how are they more fit well they bend down they get up they move stuff they carry stuff they you know they're they're putting in an eight-hour work day carrying and lifting where you know we go in the gym we spend an hour we're like we're exhausted right but they put on in this full day so that's why they're so much more fit so you know in my programming with my people I'm going to throw random things at you just so that I can make sure that you're ready for that, right? You know, I I was laughing. You you said you started doing MMA stuff. I started doing jiu-jitsu last year, and that's, I mean, before I had a martial arts background as well, but I started doing jiu-jitsu last year, and I'm like, holy crap, this is kicking. I had this this, uh, professor who's, you know, quite a bit taller than I am, but I'm a bigger guy than he is, and I'm stronger than he is, but I constantly am getting twisted up with this guy, I'm just like, wow. But, but it's fascinating to me because I'm like, this is another skill that, you know, I can learn, you know, something that I can bring to my classes, things that I can teach my people. I used to teach self-defense in the, in the Marine Corps,
0: and, yeah. um,
1: you know, that was one of the things that, it, because of my martial arts background as a kid, the, the self-defense stuff was a natural progression, right? So I, throughout history, you know, it, you look at, you know, Indian clubs and things like that, Right. Everything that is health related, fitness related, all that kind of stuff. Don't forget about those things. It's like search for Mental Rolodex, go to these seminars, you know, re educate yourself on things. But go back to sometimes the basics, man, because that stuff works, you know.
0: It does. And yeah. um so that's my other big thing about CrossFit right now is it's just linear movement patterns, everything straight up and down. And so that's where a lot of people are getting injuries through CrossFit is because they don't move their shoulders and their joints through Multi-trainer movement patterns. And so that's where the Indian clubs come in. That's where the steel mace comes in. You know, getting a different stimulus to those shoulders to build strength in order to supplement that CrossFit, right? Yeah.
1: Well, and well, then. So, so, okay. So I'm, next weekend, next, I'm getting my CrossFit level one in San Diego, okay? Okay. And, yep. and so for a lot of years, I fought it. I'm like, you know what? What do I need that for? I was, I was the same thing. I was like, man, people are getting injured in this. But now so I start thinking about it. Who's responsible for our injuries, right? We are. You know, right. CrossFit's not responsible for an injury. You know, CrossFit in their program, and they tell most of the people that come into their boxes, it's like, look, you, you should do this twice a week, right? You know? Right. And the average person's like, oh, my God, I'm getting these results from CrossFit. I'm going to do more, right? That's that more and more mentality that we have. Right. And That's a cultural thing. That's not, that's not anything we get from CrossFit or anything else because – I see the same thing in bodybuilding, you know, where guys want to take more drugs. I see the same thing with, you know, obstacle course racing where guys think, oh, if, you know, one or two miles is a good training source for me, maybe I should bump these, this mileage up to 20-something miles, and they end up overtraining and overdoing things, and that's just their mentality, you know. So I think that, that's enough getting back to the everything fitness, every single discipline in fitness has its place. It's up to the individual to research that you know and not take it to those extremes you know because yes with with extremes you you risk injury you know And right. so you know it, it's it's funny you know i look at you know kelly Starrett brought mobility water over to crossfit because he as a as a um, um a doctor was seeing a lot of these crossfit injuries as well and he's like what do we do about this kind of stuff you know so right he started bringing the mobility in and started working on those hits and backs and, and uh, things like that that you're talking about right now. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, CrossFit can be dangerous, but so can – I tore my pack just training for a bodybuilding show, you know, so that right. can be dangerous too. So any anytime you are in the gym or doing any kind of, you know, physical fitness stuff, there's risk involved with it. But if right. you're smart about it, you know, that, I, I think that's like the ultimate, you know.
0: Well, that's like Jocko Willink, right, taking ownership of yourself you got to take ownership of it. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's what Mobility Watt is. Hey, if this hurts, own it and address it. You know what I mean? But then also part of coaching is bringing people's awareness to where they're actually at. Because, you know, because CrossFit, especially right now, everybody, you know, I started back in 2010 before the CrossFit Games were a big thing. And so now the CrossFit Games are huge. So people see that and they're like, I want to do that. And you're like, well, these people are professional athletes. They're the 0.1% of CrossFit athletes in the world. You're probably not going to get there, like being honest. Like you have a job. You have kids. You have A, B, and C. You're not sponsored by anybody to train eight hours a day. You probably, you know, like you need to be realistic with what you're doing. And then, you right, know, CrossFit, right, like, right. with anything new, it's a new sport, right? So everybody's, like, super pumped about it, want to train. They see, like, especially with CrossFit, they see gains right away. So then they want to keep going and going. And then the overtraining thing is a real thing. And that's, you know, I'm speaking from experience there. You yeah, know right, what I mean? Right, so, Yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, same here, man. Hey, and, that's the reason I tore my pick. I was overtrained, you know? Right, Wasn't resting off the whole deal, you know? And, and, and then, it's funny, you know, I was watching, man – not to cut you off, um no, no. I was watching this documentary. I, I watched the very first Pumping Iron, and then they had a remake of that with some more modern bodybuilders, right? And so they're going <laughs> over the, the training and stuff like that, and it's the same thing, man. It's like, you know, I, I was I, I still work with a bunch of these, these uh, athletes, and, you know, if a person comes to me and they haven't been in the gym for a year and they're like, hey, I want to do a show, I'm like, you're not ready to do a show yet, you know? Unless you're a genetic freak, and there's those walking around. I, you know, I trained one guy that walked to me, walked up to me in the gym one day, and he's like, hey, I need to get ready for a show. You look like you know what you're doing. I'm like, you should be training me, dude, because this guy's a genetic freak, but not everybody's like that, you know? So right. it takes time. You know, I think I reposted this thing from uh, uh, the Movement Maestro today about patience. It's harder than fitness, right? So for sure. So it takes patience to see those results come, and a lot of people don't have that patience. They want that right now, you know? So yeah. yeah, man, you know, you can't think about CrossFit Games and you just walked into a boxer. You've been there for, for six months. I don't care how strong you are. There's a, there's a, uh, motor skill, uh, programming and things like that. You know, your central nervous system, everything else has to be programmed to what you're trying to make your body do, you know. And, and, for sure. And six months is not enough time for that, you know?
0: Man, she's been, shout out to Movement sure. She's been posting some gems
1: lately. Geez. I know, like, man. Everything is fire, really- man.
0: There's that one where you can't be mad about the hard work that you didn't put in. You know what I mean? Exactly. So there's like, why am I not good at this? Well, how often do you practice? Well, just during the workouts. Well, then you're not going to get good at it. You know what I mean? That's like, so then, you know, jumping back to jiu and, and, you know, so my first Jiu-Jitsu tournament, I was fortunate enough to train with a professional cage fighter. His name was Jamie Bart. He came up to Flagstaff, Arizona which is elevation of seven thousand feet to prepare for one of his title fights in W E C and so, you know, before that tournament I was doing um twenty four minute rounds of just jujitsu with minute rest in between and a new guy every round. Right. And then, you know, I do a couple more tournaments after that, get more involved in CrossFit and then a couple of years later go back to jujitsu. and that's a whole new thing. Like my brain <sighs> remembered my first Jiu-Jitsu tournament, but my body was like, what are we doing? And why is this guy assaulting me? And I don't understand what's happening. And I was just freaking out. But then, you know, after one roll with one guy, I had to, like, take a 10-minute break. And it's unbelievable just that it's like a totally different stimulus. So,
1: exactly. you know, which is so, what we're so, doing after. Right. So everything in fitness, right? So think right. about it if you're training – Oh, of just think about your cardio, right? So, you know, right now I'm in a strength phase, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm not just trying to get muscularly strong. I'm trying to get my run stronger. I'm trying to get, you know, my my flexibility stronger, things like that. So I'm like, what can I do to add to, you know, the stress or or the adaptation that I'm trying to accomplish, right? So, you know, now I'm starting to add a weight vest into my mobility stuff that gets me a little bit lower and, you know – kettlebells and 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 uh plates and things like that, but you know it's i mean anything that you do without weight, you know you add resistance to it that's strength training you know right. it's just it just depends on how often you you know challenge the body with those things so you know i'm I'm actually you know i i program i try to run at least twice a week right, um, right. i do I do a mobility movement at least once a day, you know, but right. I do a full mobility workout at least once a week, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I do uh weight training workout once a week. I do um, some type of uh, met time once a week. You know, it's, man, I'm throwing so many different things at my body that my body's like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to have to adapt to all that stuff. So let's keep playing, you know? So I'm, I'm learning like right now the craziest thing. I used to do gymnastics when I was uh, in junior high school and yeah. I used to be able to do a back tuck, just a jumping back tuck in place. And I can do that crap over a pool right now. But you right. put me over a ground. I'm like, yeah, fear starts setting. I don't break my frickin' neck, you know. But
0: right.
1: I'm starting to learn how to do a back tuck again, and it's like, wow, man, I'm at, I'm a, I'll be 48 years old this Saturday, you know. I'm like, yeah. how many 48 years olds are doing a back tuck or doing pegboard climbs or you know climbing 30 foot ropes and things like that, man? So you know that that speaks to. I mean, I don't think I could have done all that kind of stuff when I was powerlifting, and bodybuilding, you know. Right. Even though right. I probably would have tried it, you know. But it speaks to what kind of training I'm doing now. Now. I'm training everything, man. I'm telling you, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're um, at our gym. I'm at CrossFit Vert in zykes Arizona. We're, you know, in the open right now, so we're doing primarily the Metcom. We're not doing any strength training. So what I'm doing is the functional bodybuilding stuff and the the functional movement stuff to warm up for my CrossFit workouts. And then uh, one day a week I do just the full functional bodybuilding workout in the morning and in the evening just to make sure that I'm hitting all that little stuff that I missed during the week and just to make sure that my shoulders are balanced out because that was a big one for me was injuring my shoulders and then uh, make sure my hips are balanced out because, you know, like I said, CrossFit just squats just with both legs all the time. And so, you know, a majority of the time you're on one leg at a time, like walking, running, you know what I mean? And so you need to train one leg at a time. So uh, that's Mm -hmm. what I... That's what my training looks like right now. Um, just saw one of my old jiu-jitsu instructors at Whole Foods the other day, and he told me to get back in there, so I'll be jumping off the net because, you know, everybody needs to get strangled every once in a while, especially <laughs> <No>. <laughs> with their own clothing, you know what I mean? Hey, that's the okay. humble
1: stuff, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. And so, um, you know, speaking of being humble, there was uh, – martial arts is really good at that. So i got to tell you the story. Um, there was a – uh a guy that came into our gym, and that's, you know, that was when I was two and a half years into my martial arts training. I was starting to get good and not get beat up every day. I was starting to get cocky. And he's a, he was an older guy, probably 45. And he said, hey, you want to roll with me? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wipe the floor with this guy. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I had no idea what was happening to me. He was just mopping the floor with me. He was I had no idea. He was a wrestler. I had no idea he used like kettlebells and all this functional movement for his strength and conditioning. Oh my God. And so after that, I was like, okay, don't underestimate anybody ever again. That was your fault. Ever, part, right? You know, yeah, ever. Exactly.
1: Right? Dude, I, right. Used to, I used to do bouncing, right? I used to bounce in nightclubs when I was in my twenties. And sure. I remember there was like the, the nicest uh, little uh, Asian kid that used to come in, always smiling at people. You know, one night this guy sits, or something, you so start trying to punch the guy out, right? And I'm just like, yeah, you don't want to do that, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. So in a flash, the little kid had him on the ground, twisted up, and I'm like, holy shit, right? So with a smile on his face, right? I'm like, dude, you never underestimate anyone's skill, right? You Ever. know. So yeah, hey, I show respect to everyone, you know. For sure, sure. Yeah. So
0: I mean, you, you know, the the one of my instructors, he was a brown belt, former recon Marine, you know, like out of shape, kinda of overweight, but like he's a he's an operator and he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but just looking at him and you would never know. You would never know. And so just don't screw with people. It's easier that way. <laughs> um so another thing that both of us are involved in is um A therapy. And yeah. so I met you um I met you briefly at your level three down in Phoenix Um, I came in on your second day and was one of the case studies and then just hung around to learn, because I'm at ANF level one right now, Okay. taking uh, level two in May in San Diego. And so um, let's talk about that and your experience with that. And so um, I want to first off, uh, what's your little two or three minutes feel that you give people when you're um, presenting ANF therapy as a source of
1: healing? Well, okay, so it, besides being a, a coach, I'm also a uh, licensed massage therapist, you know. Sure. And so I've been doing massage therapy since 95, uh, you know. Sure. So, you know, the way I look at ANF, you know, and, and I'll tell you, dude, ANF is blowing my mind, you know. It's I, blowing
0: my I, mind too, man. Like through, every single thing.
1: time that I treat someone and get rid of pain, I'm just like, oh, my God, man, this is, you know, to see a person go from this, this, frowning their face from being in pain to going to smiling, it's like, this is freaking rewarding, man, you know? And, you know, I, I, I say to people, you know, some things you can't freaking explain, you know? They just right. freaking work, you know? And this is one of those things where when you get it right, it works, you know? And so, yes. you know, um, I, I had a back injury in uh, 2016 and um, that was the way I found out about Mobility Um because I, I reached out to Kelly Sorry, and I would never had you know that kind of stuff, except you know tearing a pec. I mean, I, a back injury, man. That's uh, you know that that's yeah, probably bro. the worst pain ever. You know, yeah. So and I couldn't walk for three weeks. And you take a guy who's active and say, hey, you got to lay on the couch for three weeks. That right. you know that can destroy you. You know, so um long story short, I was supposed to have surgery in in uh, June of uh, 2016, but before that, I started doing the mobility watch stuff. And it started to relieve the pain in my back, you know. So I'm like, you know, I go to surgery, to my surgery date. The physician says, hey, how do you feel? I go, I feel great. He goes, well, go home, you know. So that's a really good doctor that says, hey, I'm not going to cut you if you're feeling good. Keep doing what you're doing. And keep feeling better, you know. So, you know, after that, I started looking to, you know, alternative therapies that help me get better. And then I saw Perry um, uh, stop chasing pain on um, Instagram with these posts, with these patches. And I'm like, hey what's that thing on your head, man? And then you saw I, I kind of watched a couple of his videos of the people that he was treating with it, and I'm like, wow, you know, so maybe this might be worth me investigating. So I signed up for level one, level two in Memphis, and um, my first test was to go out there to see if they could make my back pain go away, right? And so I, I tell right. the instructor, I'm like, I've been dealing with this back pain for, you know, over a year and a half now. I go, it was like a 10 plus, now it's down to a, a normal three, you know? Yeah. He goes, so I come up here. So he puts two discs on my low back, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, no pain. I bend over. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm sold, dude. So, you know, that's one of the certifications that I've gone to where, you know, I really, really agree with the way they do the theory stuff in the beginning, but you have to treat people, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I wish
1: that was the case when it came to, like, uh getting your personal training stuff. You have to actually train a person, you know, for these instructors to see that You know what the hell you're doing, but... This you have to treat people, so you're learning this stuff instead of just, you know, I went to a seminar, right? So, A&F stuff, man, you know, when I, I will introduce this in my therapy, you know, I don't just say, hey, I'm just going to do A&F on you and that's it. I'm trying to get them better all around, so I'll I'll introduce the A&F stuff in my massage therapy or, you know, to help them get better and help them actually move. And I actually, you know, in the session, I'll go, look, I'm going to help you feel better and get rid of your pain, but... Here's a mobility prescription for you to do on your own every day, right? Right, right. That's, that's how I use the ANF with what I normally do, you know? Right. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, we're one and the same there because I'm a licensed massage therapist also. And, right. you know, kind of trying to figure out how to integrate that into, um, you know, the CrossFit space and trying to figure out the best way to do things. And, you know, so right. uh, I've been doing rock day for a while. Okay. Uh, you know took their rock blade certifications and they really kind of blew my mind by saying that we're when you're working with um, when you're doing massage therapy you're not affecting the muscles you're affecting the nervous system and so that was one of the things that really took a minute for me to kind of wrap my head around right because right. you know i've been taught the opposite for so long you know trigger points all that kind of thing and right. then you know um the, and then I started doing, uh, the, uh, DNS stuff, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization, which is, uh, right. developmental kinesiology. Right. And then learning how breathing patterns work, how core stabilization works, ipsilateral, um, stabilization, contralateral stabilization, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, same as you, found, uh, Perry Nicholson, but he, was, I found him through, uh, neurokinetic therapy. Which is the muscle testing stuff. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, so I started uh, following him for that, but then, you know, introduced to the patches. And then, um, Katie Lowe, who you took the course with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yep. She she actually, she's in Flagstaff with me. Um, she took ANS first and I was skeptical. And, you know, my dad has had this lingering shoulder pain that's been going on for a year. Um, and, You know, I was like, okay, so this is the test. If these discs can make my dad's shoulder pain go away, then I'm taking the course no matter what. And, (laughs) you know, same thing as you. 30 seconds in, I have no pain. I have full range of motion in my shoulders. Well, I'm like, well, shit, sign up that day.
1: You know what I mean? And so, but it's... Dude, I I treated a guy last week, man, 91 years old, and he was coming to see me for knee pain, right? And I remember his daughter telling me that he had dementia, right? And so right. I'm like, oh, my God. So you know all the possibilities with a and I mean, that's over 200-something disc, right? So I, I regularly wear the mental focus and things like that. But um, I re- I'm like, okay, I'm going to try the, the mental disc on him. So what I did was I put um, a mental focus on one side and I put a, um, a pain and inflammation one on the other side, you know? Well, yeah. this guy used to be a, a college professor. He used to teach electronics. Sparks up a conversation with me about electronics and how the disc worked, and I'm like looking at him and his daughter's looking at me, going, "He's not supposed to remember that kind of stuff, you know. He hasn't right. talked about this in years. So these the discs were affecting his ability, to, his cognitive ability, you know. And I'm like, yeah. "This is freaking crazy, man. So you know, for <laughs> it well, to have no drugs and to be to have that immediate response, it's like you can't just." poo poo that away and say there's nothing to it, you know. So, you know, I what the I would say the one thing that I wish that they would do, especially here in the United States, because it's a different it's a different thing in Europe. If they can get this into the FDA, man, that'll be the ultimate, you know, because that'll open up so many doors for therapists here in the United States, you know. So
0: because, yeah, it's you know? you know, I've worked on, you know, people that I've worked on one who had um traumatic brain injury, you yeah. know, and I'm just I'm just level one. So I don't have access to a lot of the discs that you have, but, like, just doing pain and inflammation on her gut and then right. pain and inflammation at the occiput at the base of her skull with some blood flow mm-hmm. and then mental focus on one side and then ACA on the other. She right. just blew it out of the water. She just felt better immediately. I've been working with people with vertigo. I've been working with people with, like, anxiety and adrenal fatigue. Exactly. It's bananas yeah. and so you know, it,
1: you know and it's yeah. like it's you know i think the biggest like you know as you talk about talking points you're trying to convince people to to do the ANF stuff is you know it <laughs> i people it's like i don't want to wear that on my face it's like well you want to feel better you know you <laughs> still want to but you know you know if you understand the nervous system like you're saying you can go throughout the different nerve routes, you can realize look yeah, you don't have to put it on your face. I can put it on a, a different nerve, root, one of the primary nerves, and still get the same result, you know. So it's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's crazy to, you know, this same 91-year-old guy, his, one of his friends told him he looked stupid with a, with a disc on his head, and so he freaking pills them off, you know. And he's like, yeah. come on, man, you know. So they're completely working for him, and because a friend said that he looked stupid with them, he takes them off, you know. So, you
0: know, it's, that's it's a, well, I mean, that's you, an interesting thing, because you're, like you said, you're. 20 years into your career, I'm, I'm, you know, five or six years into mine, so I'm following a lot of entrepreneurs and, and listening to, like, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Gary Vaynerchuk started to bring out, like, the people's, the weight that people put on other person's point of view is yeah. just bananas. So, yeah. like, if you have dementia and this makes you feel better and somebody else is like, you look like an idiot, like, who gives a shit? I can think exactly. now. You know what I mean, but, like, people just are so worried about looking stupid or so worried about whatever it just blows my mind, and that's just what holding a lot of people back, you exactly. know, so like um, but you actually went out to the headquarters in Spain, yeah, right? Yeah, man. oh man, was what so cool. was that
1: like? you know it it was a really, really cool experience. I- I'm one of those people that's like, you know what, I take every single experience as it is, and I I, I, I take something from it, you know, and I follow it away and it's like I, I, whatever I, I picked up from there, I use it, you know. Working directly with the doctor was like one of the coolest things, you know, because this guy's knowledge base and his passion for what he's doing with this stuff is so cool to see, you know. So it was awesome to get that. I mean, it was only like uh, two other guys and my wife that were, were in these um, seminars with him, And we got, like, this serious, serious, like, one-on-one time, and it was so cool, you know.
0: Um, How long were you out there for?
1: Uh, We went out there for a week, you know. I went out there because, um, you know, with the sports frequency division, i wanted the instructors for sports week now. And uh, so I went out there to take the uh, instructor's courses and things like that and and to get prepared to start teaching here in the States, you know. Right. So um
0: I wanna to talk to you about the difference
1: between Sports
0: Freak and just regular A and F because okay. what's kind of turning me off is that, you know, the, the Sports Freaks of uh, the courses are around the same price. Um and then I start looking at the disks that they provide and they they are very similar to the A and F disks that you can get like through um um you know, just the normal A&F training. And so that's just kind of my, me just looking at it, but um, is there an actual difference between A&F and Sports Freak this?
1: Well, so no, yes and no. How about that one? That's, that's, that's the most honest answer I can give. Um, okay. So with the Sports Frequency stuff, um, at level one, you have access to some performance discs that you don't have access to as a level one A&F person, right? Right. Uh, it'll take you a few different levels to get there to to have access to those discs. But what they were able to do is, and I'm I'm actually still taking part in doing this. And I I don't know if you see the posts I do on the Sports Freak side, but I'm right. testing these discs to see exactly what I feel with them, you know. And so we yeah. were able to, to test some athletes over in Europe to see what they were feeling with them, what kind of way we can optimize their actual sports performance, right? Well, they don't do that with the ANF side. They, what they're doing is basically teaching what the discs do and leaving it up to your professional, you know, ability and what you do on your regular job to, to try and let those discs assist you. Well, when you go with the, um, the, uh, workshop one and two, you're going to be working with athletes, testing athletes, you know, and, and seeing how these things are working with them, you know. You don't yeah. get those same opportunities with ANF, you know. Well yeah, yeah. the same way if you do the course one and course two, the pain and inflammation, that's a little bit like um level one to four of uh A and F, right? Because the high power disc you get with that level is a little bit higher power than you would normally get with the, the regular A and stuff, right? So yeah. that the courses are now split where a normal coach can't go and take the uh, pain and inflammation stuff with the sports week because they're trying to get keep that for the um the massage therapist. The exercise physiologists, the cardio, the um, the uh, sports medicine doctors, and the chiropractors, right? So they don't just that want it. the coaches dealing with these injuries. They want the coaches dealing with the performance side. So that's why we try and keep the coaches to the the um, the, the work side stuff, you know. That
0: so yeah, that's, 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 that's the
1: difference, and that's where people are getting this stuff confused. I think the biggest thing that I saw was when when people when the NFL came out with these cool black discs, people were like, "Oh my god, I want those discs, right?" Well. Right it wasn't going to be every single one of them. And I think that's what people were thinking, that all that this is going to be black now. And it looked cool, you know, being that color. Yeah. But, you know, there's a specific purpose for the sports freak stuff that you weren't getting with A&F. And because they were such a new company and they're growing so fast, they, they they needed to do that split. They needed to differentiate between this is for coaches and massage therapists on the sports side. And this is for your general population, for therapy and things like that, you know. So, and I think this, I think if, they, if, if it's marketed right, if it keeps going the way that, Um, if they keep milking this thing or or pushing it the way they should, the sports thing will take off, you know?
0: Yeah, perfect. That was really good. I appreciate you clearing that up. Um, And then so, you know, because I reached out to you because you were going to do the CrossFit Open workout 18.2, and then you mentioned the disc that you wore for that. And then I I tried the same exact thing, and I'm going to tell you, man, I – Noticed a huge difference because I'm not in as good, um, as good a shape as I used to be because I'm more focused on my business now than I am my athletics, which is just kind of how it goes, right? So, right. but I did put, um, I think I mentioned to you, I put an ACA at the top of my quad, a muscle power in the middle, and then a blood yeah. flow right above my knee. And then I put an NX on C7, uh, which is, uh, nitrous oxide for the people that are, uh, listening, cause that's a vasodilator, so that makes your blood pump better. And then, um, I put a energy disc on, um, lung one, which is just underneath the clavicle on your right hand side. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I noticed a huge difference in my performance. Like I wasn't, I was obviously tired because the, the, the burpees are what got me in that workout. Um, cause I'm a big But the recovery guy, so was quicker, right? Right and then the the thing that I noticed was everybody in the gym was talking about how crippled they were
1: in their legs after
0: that workout I had no soreness whatsoever
1: Yeah, i I'm the same that's that's my biggest thing I was like I'm not so but and so I have a confession and this is funny um I before I did the 182 workout I didn't freaking I didn't listen to the video I just saw the exercises monkey see monkey do right so right. I jumped into the workout and when you ask me, you, you send me a plus, You're like, hey, what about the power The power clean, right? Well, so I thought that 18.2A was after every single round, right? So one to no, ten, what? I did 10, <laughs> ten power cleans, right?
0: So oh, I'm man. sitting here
1: going, God, I'm like, man, I'm freaking struggling with this. And I saw someone post like a 351 time. I'm like, how the hell did someone get a 351, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah. I did a 835, right? I'm like. And I was pushing, you know, I was like, yeah. I was about to make myself puke. And I'm like, how does someone get a 351? And so I'm like, I, I finally go on the CrossFit site and I, I listen to the video. And it's like, yeah, and then if you have time at the very end, do one power clean. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. So I had all my clients do, we're, we're doing the open together, right? So I had yeah. all of them do the same workout. And I, I confess to them, I say, hey, I did it wrong, but. You guys are going to do it wrong too. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> so were like, come on, man. So now I'm like torn between do I redo it? You know, yeah. What am I doing for? I, I like the workout. It was fun while right. I did it. I mean, I did right. it wrong, but but I learned from it, right? So on right. 18.3, right?
0: Right, for sure. And that's getting announced tonight. And so yeah, I'm pretty pumped yeah. up about that. So, um, yeah, once that gets announced, I'll probably uh, hit you up on Instagram. And, uh, you know, see what kind of disc protocol you're using and I might copy a little right. bit and see how we feel. And then we well, can compare so those from there.
1: Here's, here's what I'll tell you as a little thought, man. So what I'm learning is that lung protocol using uh, the LU disc, the lung disc specifically, man, those things, I mean, they, they, your breathing is insane, you know? Yeah. I, um, you know, I do, um, I took, uh, Brian McKenzie's Art of Breath clinic. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And um, you know, so I do a lot of breathing training on my own. So man, like I said, I'm testing. And when I say I'm a student of this stuff, and I I put on a um I have a um an app called it, it's an apnea app for breathing, right? Right. So it teaches you how to do this breath hold stuff. So I put this thing on, and I'm doing. I got the lung disc on, and I'm going through this, and I'm like, huh. The program that I normally do was so much easier that I had to freaking bump it up a little bit more, you know. So I'm like. Okay, now I can use these lung discs to actually help with my lung capacity when it's when it's kinda of doing this kind of stuff, you know. And I'm looking forward because I'm doing a Spartan race in uh in May and it's in Big Bear, you know? Okay, I'm like, yeah. I've never done a Spartan race at elevation, so I'm looking forward to throwing on a couple lung discs and just freaking running hills, right? So you know, <laughs> sick minds, right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. so, um,
0: yeah, let's uh let's tell everybody where they can find you. On um, all your social media platforms and website and all that stuff.
1: Okay, so my website is QTheCoach.com. Um, okay, I you can also find me on um, Facebook. Oh God, I'm, I'm trying to think. Is that Coach Q on Facebook? But I can't remember if it's Q the Coach or or Coach Q on there. So, um, but you can find me on there. And on Instagram is Q underscore V underscore Coach um, on Instagram. So those are my okay. platforms. You can probably also find me by my first name if you guys know me by first name on LinkedIn as well. So. Okay. Cool, man. Well,
0: thank you again, and I appreciate your time.
1: Uh, for no coming problem, the man. Thanks for. Yep. Thanks, I appreciate you having me, man.
0: Absolutely, brother. And then I'll all be right. hitting you up soon about the disc protocol for the uh, op, uh, Open eighteen point
1: three. Very cool. Okay, man. All right. All all right. right. Thank you, all.
0: sir. Okay. All right.